You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening. Welcome, family. Welcome to Metro Vision Studios. My name is Reese Kia Aina, uh, otherwise known as The Rev, and I am revved up and ready to go tonight. Uh, I just want to say I miss everyone. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in tonight and just, uh, you know, taking some time out of your night to uh, worship with us together. Uh, let's dive right into a prayer and we'll get right into our lesson and then I'll close out with a few closing announcements. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you so much for Jesus. We pray for a great Bible study tonight. Uh, thank you for uh, the fact that we've been looking at one another relationships and that uh, what makes our lives rich and meaningful are the relationships that we have. And we pray that the, our relationship with you would would uh, influence the relationships that we have around us in our families, at, at work, uh, uh, in the church and, and in the world. And so, God, be with everyone now as we keep continue in month seven of COVID-19. And uh, help us to imagine church differently and figure out new ways to worship, to study our Bibles, to pray, and to make a difference in this world. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we've been uh, month seven so far, right, with COVID-19. And uh, for midweeks, we've been studying out the one another way or one another relationships that are all throughout the Bible. And it's so true, right, that it is it, what makes our lives rich and meaningful are the relationships that we've had. And one of the things Robert's been talking about is is for every member of our congregation to have three types of relationships, a mentoring relationship, a peer relationship, as well as an apprentice type of relationship where we're in the process of continual learning. And, you know, as I'm in my fourth semester of grad school, I'm kind of like it. I'm in the apprentice mode right now where I am sitting at the feet of different professors and learning and being in a cohort where I am learning a ton of things about God, his church, history and theology. And I really want to encourage, uh, you know, our congregation to to work on these three types of relationships. Uh, for many of us who are older, you probably have a lot of peer relationships, and that's great. And that's what our lesson is going to be talking about tonight, about learning to care for one another. That in our relationships, you know, God expects us and calls us to care for one another the same way he cared for us. And we're family, right? We're an amazing family. We've been through a lot of difficulty, but we've also seen a lot of victories in, in, in the last seven months. And uh, I pray that uh, tonight's lesson will really encourage you in your faith. And I know I'm, I'm super encouraged by doing this lesson today. In fact, I, I feel even emotional about it because it, it's about the church. And, and I feel strongly about the church. I feel passionate about the church. I've, I've also been hurt badly in the church. And so, you know, I understand that whole tension of learning how to work through the, the past hurts that, that I may have and, and continue to see where God can help me to grow and, and be continuing in new creation. And, and so I look forward to tonight. Does anyone know who this is? Does anybody know who this guy is right here? For those of you who are older, you might know who he is. His name is Paul Harvey. And Paul Harvey was an ABC commentator in the 60s. And he wrote a speech and he shared it on April 3rd, 1965. I believe that's 55 years ago. 
And this man did broadcasts that reached as many as 24 million listeners and readers. Uh, his speech was aired on 1,600 radio stations and, and read over 300 newspapers, carried his programs and columns across the nation. He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2005 for his contributions to the nation. And then four years later, he passed away in 2019. You know, what is interesting about this man is that he did a speech for the nation. And the speech that he did for the nation was a challenging warning and perhaps even prophetic. Because as you look in our world today, we're living in a new era. You know, we uh, and sometimes it just feels like nobody cares, you know, in the world. Have you ever felt like it's just hard to sometimes care these days when you watch the news, when you many of you may have watched a presidential debate, right? You, or, or looking at health care and politics and racial injustice and social unrest and economic issues. And, you know, our world is in trouble and, and it seems like there's no shame today. And, and it's easy that when sometimes when we when people are angry, we hear them say, who cares? Right. It's easy not to care when when you're living in a world that. That is seems to be just going downhill. And in 1965, this man, Paul Harvey here, made a speech. And his speech was called, If I Were the Devil. And I want you to listen to this and see if 55 years ago this rings true today. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I would want to engulf the whole world in darkness. I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I would not be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, thee. So I would set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first, and I would begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince the children that man created God instead of the other way around. I'd confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our father, which art in Washington. Then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each, in its turn, was consumed by fighting. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellect, but neglect to discipline emotions. I'd tell teachers to let those students run wild. And before you knew it, you'd have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. And within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing and judges promoting pornography. Soon, I would evict God from the courthouse and the schoolhouse and then from the houses of Congress. In his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What do you bet I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as a way to get rich? 
I'd convince the young that marriage is old fashioned, fashion, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on television is the way to be. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. And you know, as I heard this excerpt, this was a speech again in 1965. Is it prophetic? Is this what you see happening in our world today? And it's easy to look at our world and go, who cares? But, you know, one of the greatest qualities of God is that he cares. God is the one that cares. And in 1 John 4, in verse 7 to 10, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, theologically, God is love and he shows his mighty power not through force or intimidation or coercion or bribery, uh, not anything uh, of, of that nature. He shows this power through love. And he can't help but love us. He can't help but love the world. It is who he is. And that's what I love about God. And, and you know, as we're working on our relationships, I think it's important for us to stop and consider for a second how God is and what he's like theologically because that informs our practice. You know, that informs how we are to be in our relationships. And and the church, you know, it, it may not be good in a lot of things, but the thing we must be good at is about being loving like God because that's the hope for the whole world right there. And I love being a part of a church and in the kingdom of God where things are upside down and we are going to love our enemies. We are going to love and push through and and love till it hurts many times, even when even when when it hurts us and 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 we get hurt in the process. That that's how God's love really is. But another thing about God's love is love also stirs the heart you know, like, I mean, there's nothing that can stir the heart like love. In Exodus chapter 4 and verse 29 to 31, it says, Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites. And Aaron told them, he also performed, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people, and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshiped. You see that? When God's people were under 400 years of slavery and they finally found out that, that the Lord was concerned about them and he had seen their misery and it was just about to take action, the people bowed down and worshiped. Why? Because love stirs. When, when, when people find out that God cares, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, I'm in church is because I, I know God cares. And, and he gives a rip and he, he'll do everything in his power. You know, in Jesus' day and age, right, the, the one place that God sets up for all the relationships to be ordered properly and to live out relationally and socially and uh, is, is in the kingdom and, and that the church has a special place. In Matthew 16, verse 17 to 19, you know, this is the only place in the book of Matthew and I think perhaps even the Gospels where the word church is used in in 
Matthew 16, in verse 17, it says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You know, Jesus' vision in the world was to, to, to establish his church, and that one of the cool things about Jesus' church is that the gates of Hades would not overcome it. The, the gates of, if, if hell isn't going to overcome the church, that, that's such a comforting thought to know, especially in the times that we live in today. Is that I, I've been anxious many times or worried and I look at TV and I'm like, man, I gotta turn off the TV. This is, this, this makes me so anxious and worried and, and almost cynical at times when I watch TV. And yet Jesus' vision for the church was that it would be a place of relationships and it would be a place where God would be seen in it. And Peter's the one who picked up on it really quickly, you know, and, uh, we get to see the relational side. Of God's church, where there's community, in, we're invited into space with God. There's unconventional truths here. There's a narrative in, and, and that we get to be part of a story of God that is from Genesis to Exodus that is a grand story and that God is the main actor and you and I are actors in it, but we're not the main actor and sometimes I forget that I'm not the main actor. Have you ever fallen into that before that this is about me and it's not about us right it's not about me it's about God it's always been about God and his church is going to make its way in the world and influence everything in the world you know mother Teresa when it talked when it came to about being loving in relationships this is what she said she said if you judge people you have no time to love them isn't that true if, if we become people who are judgmental, we will have no time to love anybody else. And so not like God. And I appreciate her words of wisdom. In 1 Samuel chapter 23 in verse 16, you know, a great relationship in the Bible that, that, that started off order and then became somewhat of a, it seemed like it became a peer relationship is, is a great one like this, the David-Jonathan relationship. And first Samuel 23, it says in verse 16, and Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. In other words, they cared for each other. And, and you know what makes us so different than the world? What makes relationships different than the world, than a worldly relationship is that we're interested and we invest in each other to find strength in God. From each other. We help each other to find strength in God because of our relationships. And I want you to be thinking about your relationships tonight and, and, and the peer relationships you have. Peer, peer relationship is like if you're in trouble, who's the first phone call? You, who's the first phone call you make, right? Who, who's the first person you're thinking of when, when your life is falling apart and you're going through a crisis? That's a peer relationship. That's somebody that you, you, you trust. And our lesson tonight is going to kind of talk about peer relationships. Amen. And what I want to talk about is eight ways to connect in our relationship. Now, when I say this, guys, it's easy to just get overwhelmed and go, I got to be doing all these eight things. No, 
But you want to be incorporating some of these things in, in your relationships because these are ways that we can connect and build closeness and convictions and, and build faith and, and experience love and compassion and faithfulness and, and friendship. And these are great. Take a picture of this right now. I'll give you a couple seconds. Everyone take a picture so that when you go to your discussion group so that you can look at these eight ways that we can connect in our relationships and, and look for ways you're doing, you're doing good in. Look, look for areas that you're excelling in, but also pay attention to maybe some things that you might not be excelling in that maybe need to add to your relationships to, to help it get deeper and grow. To, to another level, get to the next level. Because it's important that we learn to connect in our relationships. And so tonight I want to talk about eight way, ways that we can connect. You know, in my fourth semester, one of the exercises I have to do throughout the year, you know, throughout the whole year, is we do an exercise called dwelling in the word. And oftentimes when we're looking at the Bible, we're the ones searching in it. You know, we're the one kind of doing an exegesis where we're looking at the background, the context, and trying to pull meaning out of a text, right? And that's one way to engage scripture. And and I love that, you know, Robert and Michelle, they love the word of God. And, and really what we've been doing is we've been just going through a lot of Bible. And I hope you've been encouraged by that because I do believe it's strengthening our faith and it's strengthening our relationship with God. But also it should it should uh, permeate through our hearts and our lives and work its way through our relationships as well. And as we look at the passages tonight, you know, Hebrews 4, 12, right? The word of God is living and active. And there's a component to the word of God that sometimes I think we, we, we may forget. And I just want to remind us that the word is living and active. It'll perform for you. It, it has a life of its own. You don't have to do much to the scriptures to, to, to make it more attractive or anything. It is exactly the way God wanted it to be. And, and it speaks volumes over time and it keeps speaking. That's why at different times in your life, you can look at a scripture and go, Oh my gosh, I totally needed that scripture. And so as we look at these eight ways tonight, I'm not saying as you look at your relationships, these are all eight things you got to do this week. That's not what I'm saying. These are eight ways that we can we can connect and get deeper in our relationships. And take a picture of that. It's about spending time, confession, honoring one another, building each other up, but also challenging one another, carrying each other's burdens, teaching one another, and serving one another. So let's dive right into the first one. In Romans chapter 1, in verse 11. It says, I long to see you so that I, I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Now, this is going to be a bit of a topical study tonight. But I just instead of just searching the scriptures, let the scripture search you for a minute. Let the spirit talk to you. And, and if you're interrupted by a scripture, if you're interrupted by something in the passage, write it down. Because... One of the skills that I'm being trained on in my graduate program is the skill of listening, that listening is leadership as a church leader, you know, as a as a minister is that I must be always paying attention and doing more listening than talking, listening to God, listening to the spirit. One of the one of the rhythms I'm working on every morning right now is the first 15 minutes of my morning to just uh, that I'm held accountable to uh, in one of my classes is. 
to just be silent for 15 minutes. And it's difficult to do. I want to I wanna look at my phone. I want to, you know, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm thinking about what, where, where I'm going get to my, get my coffee. I got to get the cup that I have, right? But just learning to just sit for a minute and listen. And, and that's what I want to encourage us to do tonight. Instead of just looking for something to get out of it, let the Spirit speak to you. Let the Scriptures perform. Let it, let it, let it work its way in our hearts. And one of the things about Paul one way to connect is that, look what he said. He says, I long to see you. I mean, he was, he was looking at the church in Rome and going, man, I, I long to see that church in Rome. I want to share this with you. Two weeks ago, I recently came back from Nashville, Tennessee. You can see Cesar Lopez over there. He, this is uh, my cohort that I, that, you know, we traveled to Nashville, Tennessee to, to do our, Five day intensive and, and we were at a church of Christ over there and this is the, the campus that we were at and Dr. John Oaks was with me there, John, uh, Cesar Lopez and different, we had, uh, not only my cohort but the year behind us was there as well and, and we got to have some great fellowship and all we, and part of that was just spending time, you know, and I know it's hard now in COVID-19 and we need to take precautions and practice the three W's. But we're, we need to find ways to spend time together in a safe way, you know, and, and, and I'm supporting our eldership here and I'm supporting the, you know, you, practicing the three ways. But, you know, I'm an extrovert like me not having fellowship. I I, I go crazy. I, I have all kinds of thoughts when I don't have fellowship. I need to have fellowship and, and I got to get on my phone more. I know I'm a bit zoomed out. I'm pretty sure you're zoomed out too, but I need to figure out ways where I can spend time with other people so that not only can I encourage other people, but I need the encouragement as well. That's one way to connect in our relationship. Another way is through confession. Another way to, to connect in a relationship is by being vulnerable. And you know, I've struggled with this my whole life is just learning how to be vulnerable. In, in the message in James 5.16, it says, Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. And I appreciate that, you know. We're in our relationships, in our peer relations. This is all for peer relationships, right? Where both parties are striving to spend time together. Both parties are striving to be open and vulnerable and learn how to confess our sins. You know, yesterday, uh, let me be open, okay? Since I'm talking about confessing sin, let me be open. Yesterday, I lost my mind. I was getting about my day. I needed to get on top of my homework for the week and, and, and work on the lesson here and, and do some stuff for filming, you know, tomorrow. And my wife called me and she, she was looking at our, our bank statement and then that had all these charges, $429, $183, $133. And the next thing you know, it was like over $800. And to make a long story short, somebody hacked our account and took money out of our savings. I just about lost my mind. How how do you do that? You know? And so we called our bank and, you know, I got to call PayPal because I don't know what happened there. But you want to talk about like just, I mean, somebody was like, oh, you know, maybe we can get together. Like I'm ready to wring somebody's neck. I I can't right now, dude. I I need to, I'm having a difficult time right there. And we're not going to get the $800 back at the moment, but maybe possibly we can. Tiffany gave me some input. But that's where I was at yesterday. I was not having a good day yesterday. Yesterday was a rough day for me. 
things seem to be kind of falling apart. You know, you have one of those days where like when it rains, it pours, right? And it was one of those days for me, you know, and I did, I did no homework at all. We're trying to figure out the Wi-Fi went out at the building and we're <laughs> like, Lord, have mercy on me, man. What is going on? And I just need to confess my heart. You know, I confess it to different people and man, it was a rough day for me. Be vulnerable. Share with somebody different things that are going on in your life and being open. In Romans chapter 12, another way to connect is through honor, is by honoring somebody. In the Holman Christian Standard Bible, and you're going to notice I'm reading a ton of different types of Bibles here, translations. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. And what I want to say about this passage is, I'm so proud of Metro. And I want to honor you. Because our group has gone through a tough time over the last three to five years. And we're still standing. In fact, we're doing pretty good right now. And there was a point in time where I wasn't sure that was going to take place. I'm crying right now because... I feel very honored to be in our church, to see Metro and to see all of our people who are just thriving in the midst of chaos, you know. And I haven't been at my best. I know I was hurt and I know I've been working through different things. And But I just want to honor our church because I know it's been a tough road. At the same time, in the midst of disruption, there's new ways of thinking that, that come about in it. So I understand that there's a lot of good that happens in the disruption, but I do want to acknowledge how much I want to honor our congregation from our elders to our staff to our to our members in the church just hanging in there. And we're coming out of a difficult time. But and I believe we're on our way. But it, it's so awesome to be on this side right now. And there was a time where I wasn't sure about that. And so I want you to feel honored today. Every member of our congregation. Amen. <laughs> in First Thessalonians chapter five. Another way to connect in our relationships is therefore encourage one another and build each other up just in fact you are doing think about your relationships think about your kids think about yesterday think about if you built somebody up yesterday yesterday i did not build anybody up i was trying to build myself up man because i was so discouraged you know and uh people were great people were encouraging me but man think about that we we are one way to connect is building up. There's so much bad news in the world today. We need to learn how to build each other up. Amen. Every, everyone needs that. Think about this. In Proverbs 27, 17, in the Living Bible, a friendly discussion is as stimulating as the sparks that fly when iron strikes iron. A friendly, I love this translation. We, we must learn how to have challenge in our relationship in a good way, you know, in our peer relationships, that's okay to challenge. It shouldn't be your natural diet. Like it shouldn't be your daily diet that all you get is challenge. If you're in a relationship like that, talk to one of us. We'll help you out in that. But it shouldn't be like that. Our kids shouldn't feel like all we do is challenge, 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 challenge. Are you going to wear that? Why are you wearing that? Let's get up, get ready to school. Zoom, you got Zoom Zoom calls at school, you know, let's encourage everybody. But there are times where we can learn how to challenge each other as well. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, rebuke them! Is that what your Bible says? 
Mine doesn't say that. Mine says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, if you catch someone in a sin, not if somebody gets open with you, if you catch them, meaning they weren't going to want to be, they weren't going to be open. They were going to hide it, but they were caught in it. You who live by the Spirit should rebuke the living tar out of them. Nope, that's not what the Bible says, right? You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. And I love this. Carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. It's like, it's like we're here to help each other. You know, we're here to listen. And, and when somebody's going through a tough time, you know, I know Michelle lost her father. James lost his mother. Edgar's mom, Maria's going through different health challenge. And the list goes on and on. Right? I can keep naming people. It's, we're here to be there for each other, to carry each other. And this way, we fulfill the law of Christ. It's all about the love that we can, we can give to each other. We're not supposed to carry each other's burdens and just hold it and it just weighs us down completely and we can't live. We're, we're carry it and we give it to God. You know, we let God be the one that we, we cast all our anxieties on God, but we can be there and hold each other up in this process. Romans chapter 15, another way we can connect is to teach each other. My brothers and sisters, I am sure that you are full of goodness. I know that you have all the knowledge you need. I know that you have all the knowledge that you need and that you're able to teach each other. If you're in a relationship, there should be teaching going on both ways because that's part of connecting with each other in a peer relationship. Amen. And the last one is we can serve one another. Another way we can connect is use our gifts to serve each other. Welcome one another in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. It's the complete Jewish Bible. Welcome one another into your homes without grumbling. Now, be careful on that one, okay? Without, that one is, we got to ease up on that one right now because we need to kind of practice, right? Our three W's. And we, we'll be able to move on that in the future. Welcome one another into your homes without grumbling. As each one has received some spiritual gift, he should use it to serve others like good managers of God's many-sided grace. If someone speaks, let him speak God's words. If someone serves, let him do so out of strength that God supplies, so that in everything God may be glorified through Yeshua the Messiah. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. We can serve out of our gifts. And whatever gift you have, use it to serve people around you. Amen. And so we looked at tonight eight ways to connect. And, and, and look at, you know, look at this list right here. There's many more ways, but these are just eight ways that we can connect. And I know it would produce, and when God is involved in it, it'll produce closeness and connection, a depth that we all long for. In our discussion questions tonight, maybe you can take a picture of this as well, is what is one practical, one thing you looked at tonight that you are excelling in your relationships and why? Talk about that. What's an area that you're doing really well in, in a relationship that you have and why? But also talk about what is one, you know, what is one practical or one way you can grow and develop closeness and connection. Remember, look at that. Look at this slide right here, right? What's one way that you can, that you're, you're excelling in and, and another way that maybe you can grow in and, and try to put that into practice this week. Amen. So what did we learn tonight? We learned we're doing a series called the one another way in relationships. We're all looking to cultivate three types of relationships, a mentoring and a peer relationship, as well as an apprentice type relationship. Our lesson tonight is about caring for one another. 
and that theologically, why do we care? It's because God is love and he cared for us first. And so we extend that care theologically. But also, no, practically, love stirs the heart that when we're involved in each other's lives and extend love, it, 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 it could stir our hearts to inspiration, to challenge, to, to, to really grow spiritually and to, that leads to action. It's, it's phenomenal. The church is the place where we get to live all this out. Tonight, we also talked about eight ways to connect. And so as you go to your discussion groups tonight, I hope you will, will, will get a chance to chat with each other and spend some quality time talking about what's one thing you learned and you're excelling in, as well as one thing that you perhaps can grow in. Amen. I want to close out with some closing announcements. Uh, if you're visiting with us, you can always connect, the, connect with us on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Uh, join us here. I also want to welcome Thomas Smith back to our fellowship. Amen. Many of you know Thomas and uh, Tiffany. Duvernay Smith. Uh, Tiffany was restored in July and Thomas was making his way back into the fellowship and I want to welcome him back into our fellowship. So give a shot. I want to give a shout out to him, encourage him as, as he as he is part of our fellowship right now. It's awesome. I do want to lift up the LA City group that was all involved in all the brothers who are involved in working with him to to participate and, and be back in our fellowship. Amen. Right after service tonight, there is a going away party for Angel and Kristen Vasquez, a send-off party there. Many of you know that this week they will be leaving for Northern Virginia, and uh, they had a, a car parade this past weekend on Sunday, and tonight there is a Zoom going away party or send-off party right after service. If, if you want to attend, please look at the uh, flyer right here awesome. They've been great servants and they're going to be serving in the teen ministry in uh, Northern Virginia. As well as there's a squad event coming up. Amen. You know, I went to the last squad event and it was fantastic. Uh, it will be October 10th on Saturday from 4 to 530. Uh, join us in this. James Willis, who is an elder in, I believe, the Orange County Church, as well as he is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be facilitating a session about the effects of systemic racism in our congregation is invited to participate in that. Amen. So take a picture of this if you want. On October 18th, we are going to be taking up our world missions collection. And here are the five areas of the world that we are going to be taking up a collection to support. Now, what I'm very encouraged by is this Sunday in our Sunday service, you are going to hear from five different brothers who are going to be participating in giving us a taste of the culture and the church that we are going to be giving our special contribution to. And so I look forward to the, to this Sunday because it's going to be an awesome time. You're going to hear presentations about the Philippines, Southwest Family, Tijuana, Caribbean, as well as Lebanon. So I look forward to a great worship service this Sunday. I hope you had a great time tonight. I want to thank you so much for coming out, for, for working on our relationships because they enrich our lives. It is what makes our lives so meaningful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your attention. Have some great discussion groups tonight. Good night. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 